midnight breaks, I hear the tires squeal. Red light can't stop, so I spin the wheel. My world goes black before I feel an angel lift me up, and I open bloodshot eyes into fluorescent white. The siren hits the and welcome back to Sunset Flip Radio, a podcast about the art and sport of professional wrestling. I'm your co-host Thomas Lisi. As always, joined with Alex Dragon. Alex, what's up on a Thursday night? Thursday, Tom. What's going on, man? It's another different day, man. Another day. So we've almost done a podcast just about every day. I think we got two more days left that we need to do a cat podcast for. I know we never recorded on Mondays because we always watch Monday Night Raw. Correct. Monday and we've done Saturday, Wednesdays. I think. We did Saturdays. So we Thursday. Did, we did Thursday. Friday. Yeah. So this is uh, Thursday, August sixth. Yeah. Yes. We'll Thursday. touch them all, guys. We'll touch them all. We'll touch them all. <laughs> Thursday, August 6th, episode 17, Shadows of Professional Wrestling, right? Mm. So um, in this episode, we're going to dive into some of the more tragic moments of the WWF slash E um, that truly changed uh, wrestling at its time and the future. Yeah. Um, I know we touched a little bit about Chris Benoit in the era episode, how it went to PG. We'll dive back into that in a little bit more detail. And uh, we'll just talk about some uh, other tragic events that you may not know about, right? But before we talk about that, uh, did Vince Russo get hired for Monday Night Raw this past week? You would have thought he did. <laughs> you would have thought he bro. did. Like, I don't know what it was. The entire flow of Raw felt really weird. I don't know what it was. So I text you right after the Orton and McIntyre promo. And yeah. I, I had to grab my phone immediately. I was like, oh, this had Straight goosebumps. Boner. Boner like, style. Six to midnight yeah. sort of deal. And uh, it was great. And then, boy, did I speak too soon. Because <laughs> literally five minutes later, you got what seemed like garbage. Because I think you text me and you're like, oh, my God. And I was, <laughs> I was like just about there on live. Like I, I was behind. I fast forwarded enough. I got to live television. And I was like, what the fuck is this? Raw underground, guys. What the hell was that? Okay. Now, some people loved it. Some people hated it. Like, I'm on Twitter. It's yeah. like almost 50-50 with this thing. It got mixed. It got really, for me, it got really weird. Like It, it got super cool. weird. It seemed cool yeah. in theory. I think on paper, like most things, seem great. And then when it comes to life, you're like, yeah, that's not the move, man. You know, I've been really thinking about that episode of raw kind of like every day leading up to this podcast today mm. and i truly don't have any words for it because <laughs> when i'm sitting there watching oh, what this, does that mean Jin. and you know what i mean there was so much build up because what wwe did is they leaked the fact that shane mcmahon's coming back right and a new stable is coming and then everyone's like oh it's the hurt business her business whatever and like 10 right but how do you get to say new stable when for me a stable is more than three people yeah but three is a group and four is a stable like the only stable i would have to say in wwe is undisputed air yeah absolutely right now yeah now in AEW, what do you have you have uh, the inner circle the inner circle you, you have, have the uh, dark order jurassic express jurassic express oh, they're three people like, yeah they're three the dark order the yeah. dark order and inner circle are the only two factions that have more than three people mm, got right it. so i'm i'm sitting there watching this and at 10 30 all of a sudden uh tom phillips is like it came it came out of nowhere for me because i was like i think they just came back from commercial and then yeah. they go to this it looked like if you've ever played the game def jam uh def jam vendetta it looked exactly like that 
What, the underground? Yeah. No, I was going to talk about the fact that you had five hooded people throw Molotov cocktails uh, oh, at a well, generator. Oh, yeah, well, that too. Like, that's so, also that's also very bad for today. That's very yeah. problematic. So, like, it's 1030. And, like, this is what this is the stuff that, t- that WWE does. They tell you that something's coming, and they wait, and they wait, mm-hmm. and they wait. Like, Matt Riddle, for example, when everyone knew Matt Riddle was coming, they gave that little video of him at like 9:45 at SmackDown which is the last 15 minutes of the show. Right. Right. So this the, at 10:30 Tom Phillips is like, "Well, uh, they gave you some sort of a lead yeah. or a oh, He was I like, "Well, you know, he's it. like, "Well, we want to show you this our cameras at wwe.com got this this crazy footage of uh, j- just check it out." Right. And so like, before at the beginning of the po- uh, the podcast, the the show you didn't know why the lights were going off. That you was said the, it was weather related, yeah. um, or whatever. And then about an hour, the to microphones in, are going out too. The mics are going in and out during yeah. people's promos, and and then you find footage of this. So was there weather? Again, we're reading way too much into it, but you know, it's like, come on, don't play and insult my intelligence. Yeah, you know, and I. The the group because there's a name now. There's five people. They're called Retribution. Retribution. Okay. Yeah, right. And that's, it was that's uh, the stable dot com name. official. Yeah. Yeah. Um, apparently, I hope it's not some of the people. Sorry to keep cutting off. Some okay. of the people that who were leaked to be in it because I'm like it makes no sense. At first, when I heard Retribution, I thought of the wrestlers that got released and they're coming back. But all the wrestlers that got released that are coming back aren't really that well-known household names as people that are coming up from NXT right now. Yeah, and and if that was the case, that would be the work of all works. Yeah. To have them sh- literally show up on, like, a lot of them all went to TNA. Let's let's really be real. Yeah, which is good for them. Like, good three yeah. who went to uh, AEW. Right. Or Matt Cardona. It, yeah. No. So, did you see that, that they got? Be, did you see? I'm sorry to cut you off. Crazy. Did you no, see they got Arian? Arian? Yeah, she hasn't done anything in like she four wrestled. Years. She, yeah, but she wrestled on AEW in dark. dark. Yeah, it was for the um, like that uh, tournament. On. Yeah, you're getting low now, bro. Yeah, they were she was trash, hot garbage. But um, no, it was five people dressed up in all black. Couldn't see their faces, obviously. And the there throw, was a woman. There was there. Was, I think there was two women. Oh. I think there was two women. And I think they were they were throwing like these Molotov cocktails at uh at this generator, and I was I read a little bit about it, which and was totally staged. Like you can totally see staged. this. Like, come on, why is there a generator? Who I think is in it now? Mm. I think it's I think it's uh, Champa, I think it's Djokovic, and I heard that it might be Candice LeRae and another woman, Vanessa something. Vanessa Bourne. Yeah, Vanessa Bourne yeah. from NXT. She's kind of hot. And um. I don't know about the fifth one, but everyone's like, here comes the Undisputed Era. Like, it's not the Undisputed Era. Okay. That doesn't seem to make any no. sense to me. So, because why would Dijakovic, who was just on television, I think, two weeks ago. He was. Two weeks ago, and you've seen that. Normally, he was supposed to be part of Seth Rollins' group, too. But uh, I think because he his wife had a kid uh, or something like that a couple months ago that he wasn't in that stable uh, because of it. Okay. I can see Ciampa. I well, told we haven't can. seen him on television, so since he got ass whooped by Karrion Cross at NXT Takeover, in your that's house. correct. Now that goes against everything that Champa had ever said. He does not want to go up to the main roster, which again could just be a word. Yeah, uh, listen, you get you get your number called. Listen, I'm gonna pick up I'm the going. phone. Yeah, he went up the first time and he got hurt. Yeah, yeah, it was him and Gargano. It was a tag team on Monday Night Raw. Yep, same time. Um, which I'm kind of glad. I, yeah. I hate that I said that he got 
hurt, but I'm kind of glad that happened because it, they were better suited to well, be in NXT. I'll tell you right now. NXT, I'll tell you right now. If he's the leader, that's smart. You should put him as a leader because he was yeah, that's so fair. crazy good as a heel. When and he's he was so in NXT. over. Oh, yeah. Face heel. Yeah. He's so over. So the fact that they tease us with a new stable, maybe that was them. They did record two episodes of Raw in one day. They did, and the next couple episodes of certain things that they're doing are all kind of out of whack, too. Yeah. Um, with, like, recording. They're going to have to do things, like, right before... Um, or they might even get close to live, you know? Yeah. But I'm really interested to see what this is. But, like, back to the whole flow of Raw. Like, you had the opening match of Apollo Crews, who was back from his quote-unquote injury, even though right. that, even though he had, he had COVID. He had COVID. And um, they didn't put it out there. That was like the first yeah, person he's they not, didn't put it that, out there. Yeah, they're not going to put it out for a champion. No. no way. So he faces MVP. He beats MVP, and then like, you know, MVP. Oh well, you know, I'm I'm blaming the the lights. What kind of operation you run here? I'm blaming the lights. I'm blaming the flickering. The microphones are not working. It was, I challenge you to really a match. About them. All all at all three hours in what, some way. Shape, or form. Yeah, and they looked strong at the end. They yeah. didn't. They at the end. They didn't get booked well for that night. No. Um, well, but at the end, they look yeah. super strong. Yeah, and so now going into SummerSlam, we're gonna have MVP against Apollo Cruz again mm-hmm. uh, for the U.S. title. So, I mean, we'll talk more about that in our SummerSlam preview show in a cu- in a couple weeks. But to me, yeah, it could be an AC man. Do you, you hear about that? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know about that. Where would it be? In the convention hall. Convention center out on the beach. Who knows? Yeah, well, if anyone's I don't listening, know. I'm going down. If anyone <laughs> that lives we'll in New Jersey that's listening to this podcast right now, um, there is a chance that SummerSlam will be in Atlantic City. Um, Vince McMahon really apparently really wants it there. Apparently, it could happen. So we'll see how it happens. We'll see how it works. But if it is, then that'll be pretty big. I heard it's either going to be on a boat, it's either going to be on the beach, or it's either going to be in Atlantic City. It could be on the okay, beach in Atlantic it, it City. It could be both. It could be both. It could be coming to you from Margaritaville. Yeah, you never know. That'd be pretty cool. Or guys, would you would barbecue you would something. you go? I would go. I would go. That would be really. I would definitely go. Yeah. Yep. Depending on what when it starts or whatever, like I can work six to three, and go shoot right down. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I would go. I'd go. I mean, I would like to know the precautions first. Oh, uh, uh, 100%. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to go 100%. blind. No, no, you know no, what no. I mean? Um, but that'd be interesting. Now with but, some raging lunatics yeah. with viruses. No, I'll, I'll, you know, I might watch from a distance. Yeah. But I'll go. The, the flow of Raw, like, to me, like, we saw, we saw a lot of stuff that, like, Vince Russo, for some reason, like, wacky storylines. We see, you know, the, the lights flickering, the power gets shut off. We see this new stable, like we mentioned before, and then we see Montez Ford get poisoned. We see all this stuff we're seeing. Uh, yeah, uh, poisoning is a hard angle. That's like that's weird. That's not PG. Yeah, like now I heard that they did that. They're trying to go to the attitude storylines, but tr- trying to dull it back, back to where USA is like, okay, let's not be too crazy with who we're trying to bring in as yeah. as fans. Well, I mean, when you do stuff like that, it comes off as campy yeah meaning it's like a bad 80s slasher movie mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah. where it's just like so predictable and it's like that was a good pop thank you <laughs> now raw underground when i first raw underground 
when I first saw, it's like a min, uh, midnight club racing. Yeah, underground it's, it's like Shane McMahon broke the rule of Fight Club when he told people about Fight Club. Well, you know what I mean? We all know what the yeah. rule of Fight Club. So like, when I first saw it, if anyone hasn't seen it, I'm sure you have. But if you haven't, it's 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 in a warehouse. There's no. It's a black canvas. No ropes. That's not a warehouse. It, that's somewhere else in the PC. No, it's a, a warehouse in the PC. Oh, in yeah. the PC, right? Yeah. It's where they but, um, storage. They have like that spotlight in the middle of the ring, mm-hmm. and they have a ref who's wearing all black, similar to a UFC outfit. Mm. And basically, it's no holds barred grappling, wrestling with no ropes. Right. You know what I wanted to see? I wanted to see somebody. I wanted to see the super shredder knock down the uh, <laughs> the garage door. Kevin Nash, you mean? Yep, yeah. Correct. And walk into the ring. Um, and then we see these girls dancing on a platform, which is like an old school DX uh, video, like with their entrance video with the girls dancing. No, you know what like... that reminded me of? You ever played Duke Nukem? Yes. That's what it looked like. Yeah. Yep. It was it like w- Duke Nukem girls dancing. You're, and then he's like, <laughs> hey, baby. You're right. <laughs> and, and then l- when you kill him, they turn into pigs. And, and is Shane McMahon the right guy to do it? I mean, at this point, if if, if he they're... He looked corny as hell, though. Yeah. If they're desperate... Well, they had to be. They, they have pulled to be that desperate. out of nowhere. They, Where the hell they, did that come from? That that came from nowhere. I had, and like you know, I'm the kind of guy that like reads a little bit and stuff. But like, and you said that in the message too. You're like, yeah. You know, for once, I was I was for like once surprised. I was but surprised. Like, it was like, damn, I wish I was surprised better. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, it starts at ten o'clock, and we saw. Which um, remember, at ten o'clock now, you can get a little bit more risque. Yeah. If you wanted to. You could. Because of time slots and yeah. what they allow at certain times and on programming. Different networks, you can Correct. say different words or whatever. So we saw... Like, you can't say that on television. Yeah. And like we saw... What was the, what's the... Baba Tute? Baba Mute? His name was uh, Baba Tunde. Yeah. But then they changed it to JT Real Moto or something. Yeah. I, I forget JT Real... I say that because he just hit a home run. JT Riamuto was the catcher for the film. Yeah, he just hit a home run against the Yankees, a three-run oh, I love how you throw out just random sports guys' his names. <laughs> <laughs> Motherfucking Steve Nash. Motherfucking JT Riamuto. Right. Um, I think it's Baba Tunde. Is, Baba it's Tunde, something yeah. now, but he's basically he's... Ba- oh, oh, excuse me. It's uh, Baba Ganoush. Baba <laughs> he's almost seven foot. He's, mo- he's mostly known for... His developmental work in NXT, and he, he looked, was in the Greatest Royal Rumble. For those who haven't seen, Strowman. just Google Goro, and it looks just like Goro. <laughs> he does. So we saw him debut. So I see him as a fixture being there. But then we see Eric from the Viking Raiders take on some random guy, which he actually fit being there. By yeah, the way. and then so we that saw, actually worked. And then we saw Dolph Ziggler. So in Air uh, in, in Air Force <laughs> One. No, excuse me, in Jordans, man. Let's just think about Dolph Ziggler's ride in the past three weeks. He is. Oh yeah. He's going for a WWF Championship match. Yep. Against Drew McIntyre at the horror show that is Extreme Rules. He loses. A horrible show that was. Yeah. Extreme the next week, he, he gets, gets a, a rematch. rematch. Same stipulations. He loses. Mm-hmm. The next week, he's fighting a jobber with no ropes in a fight club. In a fight club scene with jeans and and and, and Jordans on. Which Shane this McMahon guy. pointed out by the way. He's like, <laughs> oh, Jordan ones. Oh, look at you. This guy, first of all, he can adapt to anything, which is great about him. That's yeah. why I love I love him as a character. But, like, you kind of feel bad for him. He's just, like, going. he's he's being pulled. Not unless you have his money, pulled, though. Yeah, I know. I mean, he makes good money. I mean, he had a new contract. He was, he was about to walk out. But, like, he is just, he's just doing everything. So, now, at the end of this, after it's all Dolph Ziggler beats the shit out of somebody. In comes walking in. Yeah, in comes walking the hurt business. Lashley, Benjamin. 
an MVP. Not, now, not in their gear, mind you, because they, they had wrestled about an hour prior, but in suits. This has Bobby Lashley written all over it. Why? Because he's a former MMA fighter. Now somebody Shelton said, Benjamin, a former uh, NCAA champion wrestler. Um, Shelton Benjamin looked like a million bucks. Dude. Oh, he looks good. Did you see him um, basically... Uh, you know who it double, was? Double leg takedown. You know who guy? it was? No. It was Dio Madden. Was it? Yeah. Oh, my God. Didn't even mention him. <laughs> so so look at Dio Madden now. <laughs> <laughs> six, D- degrees D- 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 six degrees of Dio Madden. Six degrees of Dio Madden. Dio Madden is an announcer for about 14 seconds. And then he gets... A, cu- a cup of coffee at the big time? <laughs> cup of coffee in the big time. Yeah. He uh he's an announcer on Raw with uh Vic Joseph. It just randomly appeared out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Then he gets F five through a table by Brock Lesnar. Now he's getting the shit beat out of him in a warehouse with, it, with it one like light him, and but no I ropes. Didn't think it, was. it was him. It was him. Good God. WWE is just using everybody right now. They're just bringing every. I mean, they have to do what they have to do. Yeah, people right. have COVID. They're releasing people. You know, superstars aren't working because of COVID. So they're just getting right. anybody they can. So, um, and they're trying to trying to use these ideas. I think this idea is going to stick around for a little bit. Um, There's no way that sticks around for live crowds again. No, no, no. It's hold on. So, so where does let, it? Where do we go from here? Let me take the ropes down. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Um, Somebody said, "Oh, is this brawl for all?" 2.0? Yeah, that's what it, I was I mean. like. Whoa! If it is, then it's not a bad idea because I think it's more controlling. It's taped. It's it's basically fake UFC. In the WWE. Mm. And I haven't heard anything from Dana White about it, who's the owner of the UFC. But if I see that on television and I'm him, I'm probably pissing my pants out of laughter because you're going that low to try to compete with us, maybe. Or maybe he thinks of it as just, you know, hey, it's something that's like us and they're trying to be like us. Yeah. You know, so whichever way it goes. Hold on. I mean, to, to play the other card here. They've also stolen stuff from WWE, WWF, Wrestlers? and stuff. Well, yeah, Brock. that too. Just Phil Brooks. The, yeah, the pageantry of things. <laughs> yeah. You know, like uh, Entrances, that presentation. Yeah. yeah, and and you know, and boxing was was before that, and and they all they all work with each other in that Absolutely. regard. Um, so it's gonna yeah. be it's gonna be interesting where this goes. I I really wanted to lead the episode talking about that because it was so out of nowhere. It was like an RKO, just That's right. straight out of nowhere. Yeah, and my my, I can't judge it just yet. When I first saw it, I think I texted you. I said, "What the fuck is this?" Yeah. Um, and I went to the bathroom, so I was like, "Oh god, this, this is can't horrible. be good." And then boom, it came on. I was like, yeah. "Oh my god!" Because like the way that the way that everyone got introduced to it was like a quick little snippet on a on a exit to a commercial. Yeah. Shane McMahon's like, oh, this is Shane McMahon. Welcome to Raw Underground. So it's 10 o'clock. We're like, what the fuck is this? Well, two times somebody was bringing drinks and then you would just see the door, loud music, and a guy standing outside. Who is the tall ninja from Tazawa. Yeah, you would. So again, they're using right, everybody. Right. You've seen a guy standing outside of a door inside of somewhere. You know what I mean? Like, in, that didn't make sense, but it's, it's like. A and then the guy that brought the drinks was a writer for WWE. Oh. Uh. It's all hands on deck at this time. Yeah, pretty pretty yeah. soon they're going to call us once they hear our podcast. Yeah. Um. So that was... <laughs> we got to stop talking shit about it first. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? You know what I mean? That's some um, good shit. That's some good shit, Vince. So um, we wanted to lead off with that just because it was kind of... I'm not going to use the word groundbreaking, but I was, I'm going gonna, I'm to say the word surprised. Like, like, if I can put... We always say, hey, what's one word to describe this, whatever. 
I'm going to describe Raw Underground as, if I can think of one word early, I would say unpredictable, because you don't know where it's going. Well, that's fair. I mean, it's brand new, too. I mean, you know, if you knew where it was going, then you wouldn't be too interested in it. Do you think they make a championship belt? I hope not. Do we need another thing? The Raw Underground champion? Mm, Kill me. (laughs) Nope. I can see it being gray. And black. UFC like. Yep. Yeah. Just uh, I'm over it already. I, I'm gonna I wanna watch where it goes because I yeah. like to see the shit show evolve a little bit. Absolutely. And maybe it will entertain me. I will give it a chance. And you know, off but so off of one week I'm watching it because I'm watching it regardless and it's on that program that I wanna watch. Yeah. It's going to be there. In at I mean, 10 o'clock and we're still going to watch it. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Of course. And so what are we going to do? Like, we can't do anything. Mm-hmm. We're going to continue to watch it because, as we say all the time, we're just suckers. Now, here's a good thing. You think they'll bring women into it? We'll see next week. We'll see next week. Uh, no, so you know who I think would be really I good on it? You? Sonya Deville. But she's on SmackDown. Because mm. she's a former cage fighter. Yeah, yeah. So is uh, 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 Shayna Baszler. Shayna Baszler. Yeah. yeah, who we did see. Um, she could beat Dio Madden. God. <laughs> <laughs> Dio Madden gets his ass kicked by Shelton yeah. Benjamin. That's great. But yeah, no, double I mean, leg takedown, and that yeah. looked like it hurt. Um, you know, Shelton Benjamin's like forty years old, and he's built like a brick shit house. He is. Everybody in, in the hurt business, average age, median age is forty-two. <laughs> Gotta be. Gotta yeah. be forty-two. Nah, I mean, yeah, I think they're gonna stick at three, but you never know. If they add more people. I'm fine with the three I'm of them. I'm fine with the three of them. The four, a fourth makes sense, and a fourth would be an active member where MVP steps back and becomes more of a manager. Yeah. Um, that's where it makes sense. I it would be another African-American superstar. Yeah. Because um, you can't throw. Maybe it's Apollo. Well, that's what we all thought it would be. Yeah. Could um, be I mean, Apollo. Could be Ricochet. Could be Cedric Alexander. You never know. Right, so, you have you know, two singles guys, well, three technically. You need you can get a tag team in there. Our truth, he won't he won't do that. No, our truth is doing the best our truth he's done ever right now. He's he's very our truthy. Yeah, he's just winning he's on the raw talk. You know, like, yeah, he's won the twenty four seven title eighty seven times, and just stick to the comedic part, our truth. You know what I mean? It works. Listen, yeah. it works, and he's all he's like fifty years old too. He is very old. Like, but uh, he's doing it. He's doing at, it at a, a high level. So, yeah, good um, for him. Yeah, absolutely. So, leading out from the from the shit show that was kind of like Monday Night Raw, uh, this episode is called Shadows of Professional Wrestling for a couple of reasons because um, we're gonna from the shadows of the underground <laughs> from the shadows of the underground to be great the grave. great great lead in. <laughs> um, we wanted to talk about. I mean, this is our seventeenth podcast. The first sixteen have been filled with career retrospectives, weekend reviews, product, uh, current product. Happy times, uh, all that stuff. So now we're going to kind of go, no pun intended, to the dark side of the ring, dark side of professional wrestling. So mm. um, this episode, Shadows of Professional Wrestling, is, is going to touch based off that because all these moments are, they do live in infamy as being some of the darkest moments in WWF history. Right. Right. So um, if you Dark think, moments that aren't even talked about. Yeah. Like if you really think about. And, um, and when you're ready, 
have you read or heard about what's going on with Marty Jannetty right now? Because we can go ahead and add him you, to this. You right can leave, now let, too. let's start off with that. Breaking news, so, everybody. So Marty Jannetty killed somebody. Yeah, apparently. So I go woke ahead. up this morning. I'm looking, checking Facebook, and as I think we all do. And uh, here it is on one of the dirt sheets that Tom and I belong to. It's talking about how Marty Jannetty, without like saying that he did, said that he did. And he yeah, was, he he, he made was thirteen. Somebody, yeah, he said he made somebody go away or something, mm-hmm. which is wise guy talk for uh, you know swimming with the fishes, aka you ain't here anymore, aka you're dead. Yep. So, so I thought that was fucking interesting. The, the Marty Jannetty, he that guy, that's he's the out there. Do, yeah, I told I said this a couple he's of, totally uh, weeks ago. Out there. I was like, he's like dating his daughter, like he, he has a host for his daughter or something, and whatever, and he's just. Fucking he's like the king of awkward Facebook posts. Yeah. He just puts random shit yep. out there. Like, um, just random stuff. Yeah. And, I mean, look at his career. He's a former intercontinental champion. He, uh... Little he, do we forget. <laughs> he, uh, he won half of the Rockers, one of the biggest tag teams of the Golden Era. Right. And now he's... He he probably needs some help. He's banging 12-year-olds. Yeah. Mar- Alleged. Killing. Alleged. No, he was 13 and he killed somebody. That's he what was 13? Right? That's what it said. Oh. Uh, he, he said basically I that, thought it um, was just like... Oh, I didn't realize that. I thought he was a grown-ass man at that time. No. No. He was 13 years old at a bowling alley and he was buying pot off of somebody apparently and like the guy came on to him like in a physical way and apparently he killed him. Oh, man. He just, I mean, I don't even know how Marty Jannetty has to be probably 50-something years old. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. this is 30, almost 40, say, years later, right? So Now I think they opened up a missing persons case. They too. did. So he's basically telling people that he killed somebody, and now Jeez. the case is open, and now he's probably going to get charged for it. <laughs> so he's writing. I, I, I guess. Can you, can you can you do that? Such I've never heard of a situation like, I, I like that. I've never heard of a situation like that. So. No, neither am I. I just. Well, we'll see. I mean, yeah. we'll keep you guys posted. Yeah, we'll you see. You guys do your due diligence we'll, and read up we'll, on that, too. We'll have a Marty Jannetty segment of every podcast leaning on. Shit, at this point, with all the stuff he's done, <laughs> we can have a podcast about him and uh, Sonny. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> Guess the crime that Sonny did. You know what I mean? Multiple choice. Right in the butt. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, when when wrestling was in, was in its heyday... Right, we're talking eighty-five to ninety-two. Uh, the golden era. We talked about it before. Hulkamania, whatever it is, everybody knows about Hulkamania. But a lot of people don't know about was behind the scenes. There's a couple um, circumstances that got caught in the shadows. Right, and one of them. That. Yeah. One of them involved Pat Patterson. Did you know this? No. Pat Patterson is, uh, he's gay. Right. Right. And apparently, um, he would touch the young ring boys that would set the rings up Mm. like teenagers and stuff. Wow. Um, they had a show on Donahue. Remember Donahue? Phil Donahue. Phil Donahue. So I remember on the show, it was Vince. I watched it. You can watch on YouTube. It's like Vince McMahon. It was Dave Meltzer. Wow. Really? Yep. Um, it was a couple of the people that accused him, okay. and I think their parents. Why was Dave Meltzer there? No idea. He was there, though. Because he's one of the biggest batch, backstage dirt guys. Yeah. He's like the godfather to some of like 
new breaking news in the wrestling yeah. industry. He's which, the you know, the wrestling observer or something like that. He's a head head correct, writer, right? Correct. So like, yeah, it's his stuff. Yeah. I didn't I didn't find out about this until I would say a couple years ago, and I did watch it on YouTube. And what happened from it? Nothing. Nothing happened. I never heard it of gets, it. It gets it gets swept it gets swept under the rug. Right. Pat Patterson. And look first, who was in the middle of this one again. Yeah. Ev- everything that we talk about, it has to involve Vince, Vince McMahon. Yeah. Like every little subject that we talk about in this podcast today, as tragic moments happen in wrestling, the number one is obviously WWE slash WWF. Right. Every single motherfucking moment involves Vince McMahon. In some shady, in some shady, in one way, shadier than way. any other. So, at the end of this podcast, you may think of him as being a as a um, a monster uh, yeah a monster of, and, or a villain yeah at, at the the true Mr. A, McMahon a true heel let's may let's come honest. out at the end of this podcast you, you're the, you're either I can't speak right now yeah you're on two sides of the fence right if you look at Vince McMahon because of his of his success from the beginning he's either from, a god or a devil yeah that's all it is. A, he's, he he lives in wrestling lore as being the godfather of professional wrestling after he bought the company from his father in 1984. Right. He birthed Hulkamania. He did the Attitude Era, Stone Cold, whatever it is. Everything that you see from 84 till now is all Vince. He but, touched it in some way. But behind that are so many tragic moments that haven't really got caught into the light of day. Yeah. One of them is the fact that the first Intercontinental Champion, Pat Patterson, who was also the referee at the he was the referee of the main event at WrestleMania one. Meanwhile, the entire time he was a booker for you. Yeah. And he was a booker. And then he worked in the Attitude Era. But leading up from, from eighty four WrestleMania one to the Attitude Era in nineteen ninety eight, he booked the wrestlers. He booked the matches. He invented the Royal Rumble. Mm-hmm. And now he's a pedophile. And nothing happened. Nope. Nothing happened. Glance over, never mentioned. Stuff that gets blackballed and just pushed under the rug as you said yeah it's ridiculous you know and this is a this is a serious thing right like i don't i haven't read much about it being as far as is there evidence whatever it is right blah, so blah, blah. we'll just preface this whole conversation with yeah. allegedly allegedly, allegedly yeah. every allegedly. every i mean there are some stuff that we're gonna say allegedly but when we, when we talk about benoit and owen hart it happened yeah it happened Ain't no glancing over that no that's um, straight cold facts that's fact. that's straight inside edition hard copy whatever you want to call it it's there yeah but the whole thing with Pat Patterson is is fucking freaky. Like if if he's touching young boys, like I the first thing I think of with that is like the Jerry Sandusky guy, mm-hmm. remember the guy from Penn State? Yep. So like, ugh, I can't even think about it. It's it's so disturbing. Yeah. Right now, also at that time, eighty five to ninety two, Vince McMahon has all these wrestlers that he wants to make big, and how does he make them big? Roids, steroids. Right. There was a trial. Make make big in two senses. Yes. Like now, the physical and the uh, metaphorical. Yeah. Right so there was a trial in 1993. Icopro. Where... Right. Now, no, the steroids. What? Now, you know um, more about Icopro than me. A little bit, but. Icopro I mean... is. What? Oh, Icopro was the. It was the. I think it was like a supplement company. Yeah. And they used to sponsor uh, Monday Night Raw and WWE and for bodybuilding everything stuff. and bodybuilding. So they were huge in that industry. Um, in bodybuilding, I think steroids were banned or give or something like that, or like, you know, kind of like poo pooed on, but you know, they allowed it, whatever until they started doing, um, you know, a lot of hardcore drug testing got like really big. And with, uh, WWE, WWF at that time, Icopro was huge. You had, um, Bret Hart doing Icopro 
like little commercials in between going to commercial if that made sense for certain shows like superstars and raw and stuff like that um so there were like you know like you were just saying there was a big um legal battle between them vince mcmahon and everything 1993 93 yeah because he almost he was like on the brink of losing that company he was gonna lose that case and how he won i have no clue well i think he won because uh well i mean he's vince mcmahon so maybe i should know but it was there was a lot of legal errors, apparently. Uh, of course. And a lot of stuff got swept under the rug. So, but legal errors, which means you have a guy who's, you know, on the outside looking at every factual thing and looking at this and then presenting it like, no, 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 no. They did this. It happened. It happened. It happened because... You can't take that away. Oh, yeah. there There's accounts of, of some wrestlers, and Hulk Hogan testified. Mm. Apparently, what happened was he hired this shady uh, doctor from Pennsylvania... I think in 85 and there's accounts of wrestlers saying that he was a nice doctor and he would supply the wrestlers with drugs. Yeah. So Ed McMahon, remember he's, he's giving McMahon steroids. McMahon was juicing. Mm. So when you have the, the, the leader of your company doing it, diving into the candy, right? Everyone's hands in the pot. Now, if you look at old school wrestling, I mean, after listening to this podcast and we're talking about steroids, you really look at these guys now. Hulk Hogan, Ultimate yeah. Warrior, The Warlord, British Bulldog. No, you you knew. Hercules. You know, there was no way you could you know? get that big. Yeah. And in a fast period of time, if you followed anybody's career, it's easier to do that today because we have different media outlets. Yeah. Back then, you would have to go and make the towns with everybody and go to all the armories and wherever they were wrestling. I'm shit. They were wrestling in Puerto Rico and uh, Tokyo. Yeah. Um, you would have to go and see them and then just be like, you see them all the time to be like, yo, they're fucking huge now. There's no way. You didn't start out like they're that. They were doing something. I, I want to say the first guy that looked freakishly large was superstar billy graham oh yeah oh yeah he I, was I might i could be missing a few people but to just me, the body yeah just, just the body, the body was a big too, guy yeah. too um i mean that that's that's wwwf I mean, the body it's in the yeah. name you know that's wwwf days but then like leading into what everyone's known for is hulk hogan right he was huge ultimate yeah. warrior that guy was out of his skull right, right. And like you can see like the pimples on his back you can see that that kind of like the side effects of steroids when he was in the ring. Like, look sure. at all the, look look at the bodies of these guys. Look at Rick Rude, again British Bulldog, like the the Dynamite Kid. There's another one. Oh yeah, steroids ruined his career. He has he's like a paraplegic now. Yep. Well, that's also from doing that flying headbutt. Yeah. Though. And he's come out and he said that. But a mixture of that and the steroids, well, it's, yeah. it's a sloppy mess. And the fact that he walked away clean. Come on. Well, he's lucky because we know the other guy who did the flying head, but didn't. Yes. And did roids, too. And we'll yeah. talk about him a little later. Yeah. But, like, that moment sticks out because not many people knew what was really going on. So now it's getting brought into the limelight. You're seeing it on TV shows. Right. You're seeing Vince McMahon And actually... other people who did just turn their head and, you know, let it go yeah. anyway. You know what I mean? Yeah. So... There was a knowledge of it, but it was unspoken. So a lot of this time... There was no wellness policy back then. No, no. No. Part of the reason of all these things years later is why the wellness policy is what it is today. Mm-hmm. And it, and I think that was after IcoPro that they start to institute that. And then it got, you know, stricter and stricter to what it is today. Absolutely. Yeah. And this started in 84. So, like, McMahon had this whole plan laid out when 
when he right. bought the company. Yeah, I was gonna say, go figure. What's the time frame here? Well, from when he took over. Yeah. So And you don't just come up with that overnight either. Oh. You know, this no. is something that's like, all right, you know, I think my dad's out and I'm gonna be taking over, so let's get a plan together and what you know, I mean you so, know, who knows? So but. so basically if you really think about it, from eighty four to ninety nine territory of the eastern coast is really big for wrestling like this is before he took it like you know nationwide right so the doctor um his last name is zahorian he um, sounds like a shitty doctor. yeah <laughs> <laughs> he actually um he became a uh state appointed physician for live wrestling matches in in pennsylvania so and they were filming in Pennsylvania and like yeah. Allentown a lot. Yeah, Allentown, Hershey, around this area. So like he would he would supply people like Hulk Hogan, Piper, Ultimate Warrior, and Vince McMahon with um, Paul Orndorff, painkillers. He also did um, the steroids, and then he shipped apparently packages to these superstars' homes and even to the headquarters in Stanford. Oh Jesus! So so you have everything going around the fucking country. You have steroid right. here. You have steroid here. There's no way you can't get it. No, there's it's no. It's available. Yeah. It's like going to get a thing yeah. of water in your fridge. It's absolutely right there. now. Like if now if like looking back on it now, was there really a wrestler that didn't look like he was on steroids? At that time, there were Macho Man. You don't know. Maybe I don't. I don't know. I wouldn't put it like, past anybody. The ones I can think Nobody of, is safe. The ones I can think of are like Dusty Rhodes. Oh yeah, uh, Akeem. Right. You know, Million Dollar Man was in good shape, but he didn't look like he was like that roided up guy. No, he no. he looked like he was actually good yeah. in shape. And the same thing with Macho Man. He wasn't really that big of a guy. Sometimes he looked a little big. Yeah, but um, you know, he said Piper. I mean, Piper was huge. Like he was bigger when he was a heel. Yeah, and I think he kind of slimmed out. Like that's what happened after like, WrestleMania three. Actually, like, he what's really to, funny yeah. is when Hogan was at his smallest in nineteen ninety three. Think about it. This happened from eighty five to eighty nine. After eighty nine, you kind of like not the, like the ninety two Royal Rumble, the ninety three, the ninety two Royal Rumble, WrestleMania nine, and the ninety three King of the Ring. Hogan was the smallest he ever was. Mm. Why? Because all the trial shit was going to start. Yeah, he goes to WCW, and guess what? He bulks up a little bit again. Yeah. So, who knows what happened with that? Right, well, that was an NWO brother for life. <laughs> for life. Now, before there was Hulk Hogan, the Hulk Hogan of the WWF was a wrestler named Jimmy Superfly Snuka. Right, he was billed to be the next big guy. Yeah, he was billed to be. Um, it was really cool about him. He wrestled in no shoes. Nope, which barefoot. was different. And he was billed from Fiji, right? Yeah. The Islands of Fiji. Islands of Fiji. And he's part of the Samoan bloodlines. Yep. Uh, we always talk about them. So he's related to to uh, Roman and the Usos. Deep, man. Yep. Yeah. It, it's a deep It's a deep bloodline. And he's actually the father of Tamina Snuka, wrestler for uh, WWE currently. Mm-hmm. But in 1983, he... Now, back then, right? Let's just, let's just paint a picture. 1983. 83 or 84 or... Because this was right where we're going. It was 83 the stuff happened. Oh, I thought thought. it was like right before WrestleMania 1. No. Yeah, because he was supposed to be in that main event, and they changed it. Really? Yeah. He was supposed to be in WrestleMania 1 or in that event. Yeah, so it was like right there. That was April. That was March of 84. So like, let's just say. So around that. We can even say end of 83. 83, Yeah. Yeah. Um, we probably started into that relationship, yeah. and then by that time, that now let's just happened, let's just so. paint the picture of wrestlers now compared to 1983. Now you have the tour buses, you have 
the the airplanes. You have all this amenities that are pretty well for a wrestler right now. Yeah. Rent a car or whatever. For today. For today. Back in 1983, you get a rent a car. You're driving from show to show to, to show. Motel to motel. To motels, right? Motels on the side of the road. Holiday Inns were really big back then with wrestlers. They're not staying at these bougie, you know, 20, 20 story high hotel suites. No, a lot of them stayed up in. Uh, I'm from Avenel. Um, like, I grew up there, and they used to stay in Rawway. Rawway, Linden, you know, because yeah. everything was out of New York. Um, so you, they used to stay at old hotels that are unfortunately no longer there, but they used to stay up the street. Yeah. So that's just that's just how it worked. Yeah. And they drove around and all the stuff like from show to show, and like they would get they would, they would be drinking, they would be doing you know all other stuff. So yeah. Whatever. It's painkillers. But um, debauchery. This is different because hose. Hose. Um, Ricky, Ricky, Jesus Christ, Jimmy Snuka met. Um, met a girl mm-hmm. from a mutual friend I want to say it was yeah um Nancy 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 Argentina and uh what happened kind of changed the way that um wrestling is portrayed at that time because what happened with with Jimmy Snuka Nancy Argentino is um she died <laughs> Right, <laughs> just go right for the, the throat. No, yeah. no, but here's the thing. Oh, she did. No, no. Well, she died well, I though. Mean, yeah. But leading up to this, there are stories of him doing a lot of coke, mm-hmm. beating her, pulling her hair. Yeah, beating her. I think is the drugs or whatever. But yeah. I think the the major point here and what ultimately led to her death was him beating her. Yeah. And the just, physical, the physical abuse took its toll. Yeah. Mixed with the booze, mixed with the coke, mixed with the steroids, because he was juicing. No, it was a They're chemical juicing. cocktail of, yeah. of all sorts. Yeah, yeah, and um, it it sticks out in, in, in the memory, and it's a dark side, you know, a dark moment in wrestling history because he was billed to be the next guy, like he was yeah. the guy, right? So and they had mentioned all the stuff we're talking about. You know, we're just piggybacking off of um, dark side of the ring. dark side of the yeah. ring, and just going into a little detail and yeah. stuff, and just kind of glancing over it. But they had mentioned that was he was the next guy, yeah, top while guy. the guy was there. You know yeah. what I mean? We're just coming in. At so, that time. so the the way it happens is, um, the cops find her unresponsive because he, and this is in Allentown. I think this yeah. was in Pennsylvania. Uh, it they was. said they were doing a TV taping. He left killed her i guess beforehand and came back and she was dead yeah so there's two sides of the story the first side is the fact that well, he's... there's always three sides to the story the truth and then the other two i forget <laughs> i forget how that phrase goes but in his opinion allegedly <laughs> allegedly my she... side their side and the truth yeah. there <laughs> allegedly she had to stop on the side of the road to go to the bathroom or something and she slipped on ice and she hit her head Right. That's Apparently, what he told allegedly. Right, right. But when she was found, she was found with marks on her neck. She was found strangle marks. Strangle right. marks. Uh, bl- blood not and the shots. good kind of marks that when you you know you're really <laughs> railing your wife there. Yeah, not the good. Not, not like the marks that you want, but like she was found with like bludgeon shots to the head. Yeah. And she was found un- unresponsive. She right. died of blunt force trauma. Correct. Right. So he calls the police. Right when he finds the body, and he comes up with a lie, and that allegedly. was bold, and that's bold that he did it. Yeah. I guess in in a sense, if you have to put him yourself in his shoes, I mean, what else can you like do? Criminal, um, you have to call the cops because it throws. It would seem like you know. All right, well, 
this guy's calling the cops, you know, it doesn't look suspicious. Yeah. You're kind of running your own story at that point. Oh, 100%. Yeah. You control the narrative. You absolutely do. Like, calling the cops, like, then from you just think of random shit, just lie after allegedly. Until they show up. Until they show up. You give them enough to get them there, and then you figure it out. Yeah. You know, as they're coming and when they get there. So the, the autopsy reports come back, and he's held in jail. Right, he's held in Allentown. And he missed the taping, I think. He did. That's yeah. when they knew she hit the fan. And who was in the middle? If you can. V- Big Vinnie Mac. Let, let, let me bring the let me bring the leather suitcase with the money. Mm-hmm. It was three people. Let me Him, go into the meeting. The, the chief, chief of police. And and Snuka, right? Yeah. Let me go into the meeting with the chief of police. So how does the chief of police sit down? Again, we're in Pennsylvania. Where mm-hmm. they do a lot of stuff out of Pennsylvania and New York and, yeah. and, and whatever. A hotbed for a hotbed for, for live events at that yeah, time. Yeah, in Jersey at certain yeah. point. Um, so you're sitting down. The three of them, you just detain this guy possibly for murder. And he's not with a lawyer. Or he could have been. Who knows? I think there was a lawyer there too. Okay. So, all right. Then that kind of blows my thing out of the water. But so I'll just finish my point. It's like the three of those guys are sitting there and – we walk out and that's the last time anybody ever makes heads or tails of it and it's nothing's money. ever spoken about. It's, it's, it's blood money, literally. The, the fact that McMahon comes and saves the day because... Was the was the chief of police in that episode? Yeah. Fuck. He was the guy with the glasses talking about it. Shit. So you gotta have some balls to do that, too. Yeah. So, yeah. this poor woman who who died... Like, if you watch the episode, like, her family obviously still doesn't forget it. I mean, you can't forget no, that. you can't. Everything that we talk about in this episode, except the steroids, well, the steroids, you can kind of put in the back burner, but every single tragic event that happens in this episode, you can't erase from the memory of a loved one. You right. cannot. Right? And this is, this is the first example that you're hearing now, is this. This shocked the wrestling world. Right. It completely did. Because you're taking the top guy out, the top baby face... Meanwhile, he's snorting coke. He's blowing lines up the and ass. It, and it and it um it changed the wrestling world it from did. the inside because on the outside you didn't know shit about shit. No. Because guess what? The secret here society. Here comes Hogan, and here comes everything else. Yeah. And that gets completely washed away. It's washed away. Now so Snooka quick. comes back and he does his thing for a couple yeah. of years, whatever. And but he's not that guy. No. They're no. like, listen, I bailed you out. You know. We had hopes he on was, doing whatever, but I can't have you in this role. And then he ended up leaving. Yeah, and then he came back. But, I mean, like, he he was around the early WWE a little bit, but, like, his heyday was the WWF with Vince Sr. Right. But, I mean, if Vince had to do what he had to do. So, for him to, to, to get one of his talent, pay him off, and then release him, not release him, but use him less frequently. I mean, again, he was part of the main event. He was the enforcer for Mr. T and Hulk Hogan. Three months ago, he killed somebody, allegedly. allegedly. But I no, well, well he's dead now. He's so dead he's now. But no, we now. we can drop the word allegedly because he got guilty. Yeah, he got right in 2017. He, he was guilty, found trial. guilty. Yeah. So think about it, 1983 to 2017. Was it 17? I thought he died well before that. I think it was 17. When? Yeah. Did... J- J- January 17. Wow. So 1983. To 17. Write, yeah, to about That's 34 like 15, years. 15, 16. So 2015-16 is when like they started that trial yeah. or whatever. 34 years. 
Yeah. You got away with it. That's a long time. And the, what was their, oh, and they said in the show that the reason they brought it up was because some news reporter some, had reported yep. on it and it brought it back He actually dived into, into the story. Yeah. Yeah. Because the autopsies, I, I, something with the autopsies were. And he was a fan. Yeah. So it's like, dude, that's crazy. You get away with it. And then somebody who just really likes professional wrestling or yeah. whatever just dives back into it. And then that's how you go. And listen, I mean, ultimately he died anyway so like ju- justice really couldn't be served and is it ever served when somebody dies he, no. he was found guilty but he, he was found unsuited Un- to, to, stand trial. to stand trial correct because of, he had uh, stomach cancer oh he had cancer, cancer. Okay. Yeah, he had cancer i thought it was also a dementia i think it was like that I, I know it was early cancer onset. and early onset dementia so it, when when you think of jimmy snooker I mean, growing up when I was a kid, I used to watch him. Come on, Jimmy Snuka off the top off the top cage with Don Morocco is one of the most infamous moments. Not in just steel cage match history happened in the garden. It's one of the most infamous moments in wrestling history. I think there's a picture in the garden somewhere of it hanging up, probably downstairs where everybody goes. Yeah, Yeah. like that moment lives in infamy. That was on somebody's wall for years. Yeah, and now this gets leaked out. Scumbag. Yeah, horrible. Now, at this time, when um, Snuka is kind of in the picture a little bit in wrestling, he's just jobbing, we see another um, debut of a wrestler with with family blood lineage. That's Owen Hart, right? Owen Hart is the youngest of the Hart brothers, and um, his brother, Brett, is most well known for the Hart Foundation, and his successful career is Brett the Hitman Hart, former champion, right? Former Intercontinental, former tag team, former World Heavyweight. You name it, he's been champion. Yeah. But um, Owen Hart. Before before we talk about the bad moments that led up to everything, I just want to say now that Owen Hart is quite possibly one, one of, of the, the most one of the of most time. underrated wrestlers in the ring in history. Agreed. In my opinion. Agreed. When you think of underrated talent at that time he is he jumps even going to the attitude era he was better than his brother put it absolutely on paper. let's write it down i think he was a better wrestler than brett 100 percent. Ten. yeah and then brett was very good yes brett was no, very no, he, good he can't take it away from him but he was fucking better than brett yeah the thing that he the, i think the, the thing that brett had that he didn't was charisma that's because the way that he what got was that brought uh, in. and go watch uh wrestlemania 10 yes is wrestlemania 10 brett owen hart is one of the top yeah, you got I'm gonna say top five WrestleMania matches of all time, and I've said that before, and I'll say it again. Yeah, but think about where he came from. He started off as a Blue Blazer, which was Blue which was basically uh, a high flyer gimmick who wore a mask and, and a, a cape. cape. Yep. And his first match at WrestleMania was WrestleMania Five against Mr. Perfect, and that match was actually pretty good. Um, a lot of speed, agility in that match, but. He gets, after a couple of years of that, he becomes, um, he was with High Energy with Coco Beware. He was in the new foundation with Jim the Anvil Nightheart. And then he kind of gets his break in the right way when he turns heel on his brother. Yep. So, like, all this stuff leading up is the perfect story because they're really blood-related. And being the youngest, 
is uh, you can always say, "Oh, I never got enough credit for what I did. Right. I was never the best. The youngest You're of always many better. children. Mom and dad loved you more than me. Right. So all that stuff is laid out on the table perfectly for them to tell a great story, which they did. Yeah, which they did, and it culminated in two matches. The um, the first one was WrestleMania 10, mm-hmm. right? And then they had a steel cage match at SummerSlam 94 for the title, which was like what, like 35 minutes. The, the main event of SummerSlam that year was Undertaker versus Undertaker. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So it was, I can't explain how he was just, and in any role he did, he was the king of hearts. He was the king of the ring winner, the king yep. of hearts, the two time Slammy award winner. Right, he was a former Intercontinental Champion, multiple time tag team champion. He did break Stone Cold's neck, but that was an accident. Yeah. Um. But when I think of Owen Hart, I European think of European champion. European, yeah, European champion. He won every title except the big one. The big one, which I I think he would have won in some capacity. Yeah. Somewhere or another, or been featured in main event matches for it if he didn't go and win it. You know. Yeah. I mean. It's a shame. And when he, the whole Montreal screw job thing, he was the only one that stayed. Yeah. Because. Well, he got, he got a new contract out did. of that. Obviously, it was because of, you know, his brother, like, yo, yeah, here's some money. Yeah. We, yeah. we screw, we literally screwed your brother. Yeah. And now. Here, here's a fistful like, of like cash. Like, Montreal screw job, right? Like. It's it's one of those infamous moments because kayfabe comes into real life now. Right. Like, this is the first time where you see where on television... Where the line isn't as blurred as it always has been. This is the know? first time that you see them it's switching real, the script. It's, it's a, a real, real thing. It's a real era starter. Yeah. You know, like... It's the really. birth of Mr. McMahon. Yeah. Hands down. And, um... Brett screwed. Brett. Yeah. I mean, can you blame Vince, though? Brett wanted this money. Vince couldn't do it. I mean, in the long run, it turned out to be a better anyway because, I mean, yeah, okay, so Goldberg hurt um, yeah. Brett anyway. Mm-hmm. Like, where was that? 97? So, yeah, so like a year or two later, but, you know, it, it still turned out for the better. You know, I always it always um, boggles my mind at how good – go back to sports, right? How good GMs are at getting rid of talent. Yeah. You might as a fan be like, oh, man, you got rid of so-and-so. But it's either too late or too soon. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to be on the too late. No. Because you don't want to eat another contract. You don't want to eat that money. And, and we can now go back to wrestling. And f- that fits in right there. You seen the writing on the wall? He was like, you know what? I got all I can. I mean, this was 97. Brett had been there since what? 84? He was 85. In the, 85. So, I mean, it was 12 years. And that's a lot happened in 12 years. And yeah. you were the spearhead of the company. For... Good five part of, of four or five for years. For five of them, yeah. yeah. So, he, uh, when I think of Owen Hart, I also think of an underrated gimmick when he was in the Nation of Domination. Oh, yeah, man. Like, he... Yeah, that late Nation. <laughs> that was good. That that was just... It was, was funny. He him was and funny. Mark Henry were funny. Yeah, him and Mark Henry were hilarious together. But he was also a notorious jokester, prankster back then. Oh, yeah, too. He, he was... Uh, he, he really kept the locker room, like wholesome and like happy and, yeah he was you know like the, I mean? he was he, the i think they call him like the funniest guy in the locker room yeah and like some of the stuff he did with the nation was great um because the nation being known as an african-american stable 
Right. Owen Hart comes in, <laughs> who's from Canada. Right. Right. So, and then he gets billed. Because he has all that warning tape on him. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I remember. And then warning. <laughs> warning. He gets out. billed back to be the Blue Blazer. Enough is enough, and it's, it's time, time for, for a change. change. Um, I'm not a nugget. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but then he gets billed 1998 to go back to the Blue Blazer. And he does it. Vince wants him to do it for like comic relief. He 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 had transitioned into some sort of you know based on the show that we watched into like the comical after this was right after all of this happened after um, the screw job. Yes. So he goes from some sort of serious to you know to after that getting a new contract and they kind of just they don't really know what to do with them. They're treading lightly, but they're giving them something to do. Yes. You know, out of respect. Um, and he just, he's a, he is a, um, a gamer, you know, he, he, he's all about the company and he's like, all right, you know what? I might not like it, but you know what? Okay. No problem. Yeah. Now, like he had this thing where like, um, well, this is when the WWE was in the phase of aerial tactics, like WrestleMania. Oh, when Sean came down. WrestleMania 12. When Shawn Michaels did the zip line from one yeah. at the at the pond, right in Anaheim, yeah. California, yeah. he uh, he f- went from one end to the other. Uh, Stephen McMahon was was hoisted on the oh, cross. Oh God, I forgot about that angle. Um, the Ministry of Darkness. Yeah, like a that lot of bad. stuff. Undertaker comes down with the bat wings at Survivor Series, like some weird stuff right. was going on. So all lost Sting. So right. so what they wanted to do with him. Um, you know, May of 1999 at the um, Over the Edge pay-per-view. Over the Edge, yeah. Wow. In, uh, it was in Kansas City at the Kemper Arena. They wanted to bring him down in a harness. And they had been doing that recently. Yeah. and So this wasn't his first time. And, like, here's the thing. Like, he, called, he talked to his wife about it. Like, he was telling his wife, like, you know, like, I'm going to be coming down from the ceiling. She's like, oh, is that a good idea? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. He's like, oh, yeah, it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. You know what I mean? Like, everything, right. they, they, these guys know what they're doing. And um, it got time for his match against the Godfather. Yep. He was supposed to wrestle the Godfather, I want to say, for the European or the Intercontinental title. Some belt. No. Some, whoever had... Uh, Jeff Jarrett? Jeff Jarrett had the next match. Yeah, he had the next that, match. And he so, had a championship. I think it was the European championship. Yeah. So, the in the process of being lowered, his, um, his harness... And the grapple line snapped. Yeah, it was like a clip that snapped. It was a clip. Yeah. The clip snapped. A, ca- a, a carabiner. That's yeah. the actual yeah. word. It's a carabiner. He, uh, that people use for, like, cliff, uh, you know, um, what's the word? Not clip. Yeah, because the, the, the whole plan of the aspect was that for him to get lowered, like, 10 feet above the ring and then let himself, and he falls on the floor as a, as, to laugh. Because yeah. he's like a goon. He's, I mean, he's not a goon. But he's like a he's like a buffoon. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, so he he's trying to do that. Right. And, and they said that in the in the program, um, in the program. I I mean, um, Dark Side of the Ring, that only he could unlatch himself. So he had to go and touch it. And obviously, he's not going to yeah. do that. I mean, he's did, he did he did it a couple times to. before. Correct. <clears throat> and his wife wanted him to use it with the cape on, because he's wearing more. Yeah. Layers of clothing. He Correct. has a singlet. He has the cape. The cape was big. It was like yeah. a Ric Flair cape. Yeah. 
So like um, his wife wanted to um, him to practice it with that on, and I think what happened was um, the early release got triggered, and he fell seventy eight feet. So he didn't even make it like a decent away, no. decent way down. No. He was hanging over, ready to be lowered. Yeah. And he just fell from that mark. He fell 78 feet. Fuck. From the catwalk, right? Yeah. And Shit. chest first on the top rope. And, and the top rope killed him, obviously. Yeah, the, I the mean, impact. It, something would have killed him. And but, Jimmy yeah. Corderas was the referee that was in the ring. Yes. And the only thing that he heard, he heard Owen Hart scream, move, move, move. Because I think he said his back was turned. Yeah. He was looking at, yeah. He I felt care. the cape hit him. Like, he felt like... Uh, like a like a air like like a, you know when you wave yeah like a piece of paper yep, in front like of your you're face doing now, yeah I feel it yeah yeah like that what happened so a whoosh a whoosh yeah um so he falls seventy feet damn and meanwhile while this is going on they this were is showing this, you, this, so this is a pay per view this is a live pay per view everybody like this isn't like a, a taped episode of COVID era raw this is this you can't. This is this nope. is this is you this can't is take it. this any uh, you can't take anything away. Whatever you see is what you see. Yeah. Um, there's no camera angles. There's no tricks. There's no because nothing. what happened was he fell during the montage video of him. Because what happened was they were showing a video of him. Then he was supposed to get lowered down, and like ten feet above the ring, he was gonna click the release and fall flat. Because they were in some sort of like a break. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's what was supposed to happen. So. When no one saw what happened, there was no video of. There's got to be something. Well, nothing no, that we're ever going to see. Nothing we're ever going to see, but I mean, if there's something that, like, with the WWE camera, I don't even think the cameras are rolling. Because what happened? They're always rolling. Not like that, though. Mm. Damn, man. Could you imagine if that happened today? Oh, Jesus. Well, I wonder well it would first be of all, it would never happen. Everything, yeah, but yeah. yeah. That's um, true. They wouldn't. They wouldn't take that risk. Yeah, but, that was yeah. that was like. Remember when Bret Hart got tackled at the Hall of Fame ceremony? Oh yeah. There was like th- I, I saw a video on YouTube. Thirty-five different angles of his. Like that's just, that's what happens. Well, see, yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. So, could you imagine being there? What? Being in at, at oh, that pay per view? No. So you know, well, we'll, we'll here's move the thing: like, like, bit, like but... you can't. You, I think I think the arena was dark because they were showing the video. So, like, you really couldn't see, but you heard it, definitely. You remember, we've been to a few pay-per-views, so yeah. we, we could see some stuff, you know. Okay. You know, it wasn't, like, total darkness, which it can be at times, but I don't think it was, like, that dark. Yeah. But I don't know. I wasn't there. But Well, what happened after that lives in infamy because all of a sudden there's, there's uh, the cameras focus on the crowd. Nowhere near the ring. Nope. And Jim Ross comes on. Back on air. This is Ross and Lawler. Lawler. Jerry the King went to help him. Yeah, he got out of his seat. Like, And he came back on air. Like, came back, sat down, put his headset on, and just looked pale. Like, put your white shirt you're wearing. Like, not good. Yeah. Like, but leading up to that, Jim Ross. I think he left afterward, too. What? Did uh no 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 they no, he stayed sitting. he stayed I thought yeah he went but back but after. before Lawler came back to sit down Jim Ross just kept saying um Owen Hart Blue Blazer whatever you want to call yeah, him this is supposed the, to be lowered down happen, you know anything can happen live yep. and um a tragic an accident happened and we don't want to show you anything but you know Owen fell 
Right. And like I was 12 and I, I was 13 and I was watching it with my dad on Africa because we had the hot box. Mm, and like, thank God for that. like he thought he thought it was a work. But then like I'm I'm no no I thought it was a work but my dad was like this is this is real you're like Ugh. I'm like really he's like this doesn't look good and then when Lawler came back I remember my dad was like this is not this is it like wow and then I want to say what the next thirty five minutes right so. Something. Yeah. Yeah. Thirty-five minutes More later, Jim Ross has to be the guy to tell everybody that Owen Hart died. And did you see how he heard? It the was through. A, it was through a, head, a headset from uh, what's the guy's name? Uh, uh, Bruce Pritchard or Kevin no, Dunn? No. Dunn. Dunn. Kevin Dunn. Yeah. It was like, uh, yeah, we got to. We're going back on ten, and uh, yeah, he's dead. <laughs> like, wait, what? Like what? Like now. What was more controversial of him was dying after. was the fact that the management of the WWE chose to continue the event. Which In an active It's a murder. murder scene. It's a murder. Someone yeah. died. Someone physically died. And there's thousands of witnesses. There's sixteen to eighteen thousand people. Like this is a basketball arena. This is an arena. Yeah. Like how do you do that? <laughs> like I, I don't know what to say. No. Besides, like, shocked. Yeah. Just, just how we're talking about it now, it's like it's still fresh. It's like, wait, what? It's a murder scene. It's Which, a murder you know, scene. Younger, you don't really think about it, but now, looking back on it, you're like, wow. Uh, they and they allowed it to continue. Then you see in the promo backstage, it was. Um, it was supposed to be, I think, D'Lo Brown versus uh, Jeff Jarrett. Yeah. And he's like, he, he says something, and he's holding back tears. He's crying. He's crying, yeah. And so is Deborah. Yep. So they never released the the thing on home video. Because remember back then, WWF home video, they never released pay-per-view. Yep, you get it about a month The first after time, yep. 15 years after his death, the WWE Network aired the event for the first time. Wow. So. So what was out? What was edited out? I don't. I never. I. I will never watch that again. Mm. I've seen the. Shit, like, then why put it on? It's not even worth like, it. Being back in the wrestling, what are you gonna like, cut out the whole rest of that? Because at yeah. some point, somebody's got to show emotion or whatever to that. Yeah, you know. But like, I was thirteen when it happened. So like, I you know when YouTube came around, I would look at old wrestling clips and I saw the video. You know, not like the video video, but like you know the event video of him. Of, and I remember what he said, yeah. and it was, uh, you know, a, a, a father of two kids, 35 years old, he mm-hmm. was 35, died in the middle of your ring, and you had the balls to say, let's keep the show going, and, oh, by the way, Jim, he died in well, a headset. That's a big fuck you. Like... You can't think of money at the time. The only thing that you're thinking about is the family of Owen Hart. His his wife, his kids, the whole Hart family, right? Now, the whole backstory as to why it happened, you know, there, I heard there's a lot of cost cutting involved and stuff, but Yeah. I think things would have things would have been slightly better if he would have stopped the show. Yes. 
A hundred percent. I think, you know, listen, it was what it was. It was a wrongful death suit and we all know what happened afterward. But she, I think she got what she deserved oh, and she, she donated a lot of that money, which was nice. And right. Like, I, you can't even think she about that money. She doesn't want that blood money. You know, she did no. it and she did it. You know, yeah, and like, I get Like, it. you can't think about that blood no. money. You can't think about any of that stuff. But I think a lot of it is marred by the fact that the show kept going. And I think a Absolutely. lot of that could have been handled better if they would have canceled the show and decided to be like, listen, for once, life doesn't come before the show. Because as we all know, it is the opposite way around for Vince McMahon and crew and crew because the people who are there the longest with him and are still there to this day Patterson Pat Patterson Kevin Dunn and we already spoke about Pat Patterson Pritchard Bruce Pritchard those guys know and they have the same sentiments or he wouldn't keep them around yeah so it's all on them too it is all on them too and I would dare somebody to tell me one of those people to go out and say listen I wanted the show to stop. I think Bruce Pritchard has done an episode on this, but I haven't listened to it. Neither have I. So uh, but, I'm curious I mean, to go back, and I'll do my due diligence and try to find that. I, I mean, know somebody I, talked I, about obviously that. it was Vince's call with the show, and Vince was the one that called Owen's wife. Yeah. and Martha, right? Martha. And I, I just don't know what to say. Yeah, and there's still bad blood. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, and even between the she family, doesn't want even him between the Hart family themselves. It kind of tore yeah. them apart. She doesn't want him in the Hall of Fame. No, I don't blame. He deserves her. to be. He deserves Let, to be in the Hall of Fame. Let's put that out there first and foremost. If he was still alive, hands down, Hall of Famer. Oh, 100 percent. Hundred percent. You don't have to think about it. At no, all. hands. He was that good. Yeah. He. He. And I'm curious to see like where he could have gone. You know, yeah. like you always wonder what if, and unfortunately, we can't. We can't think that way because, you know, you can't. It's fun to do so, but you can't. It is. Whose career would he have changed or, or whatever, you know? The matches like, that he could have had. The matches he could have had that somebody else got a spot and turned it into gold. You know, like, you just never know. Yeah, his name. And, you know, I mean. And they don't, you know, his name is also poo-pooed too, but that's not his fault. That's it's not his fault. It's part of his wife's fault. Yeah. And, I mean, you know, what they did the next day, <clears throat> they did like a... You know, tribute, tribute show to yeah. Owen. They it's had wrestlers. Enough, yeah, they had the wrestlers give like the little interviews in between the segments, and they wore the armbands, and they had the t-shirts and all this stuff. Yeah. But that's not enough. It's not really enough. Um, it's garbage. To this day. To this um, day. To this day. Uh, when you're listening to this podcast um, about all the stuff that we're talking about, this moment, hands down, is the most tragic moment yes. ever in wrestling history yes I, there's nothing that can top this now what we're going to talk and about we hope that nothing does yeah Let, let's put that out yeah there well, well the next two things they kind of intertwine around each other and we're going to talk about that but one one is a uh they're both sad but one yeah. is tolerable and the other one is unacceptable if that makes sense yeah but owen hart dying in the middle of a ring and the blame being put on the WWE because they didn't want to spend being murdered because they didn't want to spend the extra money for the more precaution is an absolute garbage dumpster fire moment in wrestling history. Stupid pyro for something. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's now any no no other way to look at it, but it's like everything was wrong. There was no right decision made in any past. You know, sometimes you can find the good in things. Yeah, and there was a good part, but then it went sour. 
Everything was shitty. Everything was bad. Yeah. There's nothing else. There's you nothing say. good about no, what happened. Not at all. Like nothing. Nope. And his name is erased from WWE programming because Martha doesn't want that. She and, she and does you know she what? doesn't want the WWE to make money off of the death of her husband. And I can't blame her. I can't blame her. I, I have mixed feelings about it, but I, is, I can't blame her for yeah. it for that reason. Because Vince, and like I said earlier, he is the cog in every one of these stories. Yeah. With probably the exception of who we're going to get into next, yeah. Eddie. Um, and Benoit, because they kind of intertwine. Well, no, those guys intertwine. Yeah. But, you know, just... Uh. Owen Hart dying is definitely the worst thing that's ever happened in wrestling. And it's really sad because you it, don't... It wasn't out of the ring. Yeah, you know, he died like a in lot the of ring. Other things. He yeah. died in the ring on television, on live pay-per-view I don't know. television. I can't even think about that, but... Um, why do we do a show about sad moments? <laughs> I said that to you when you, you were like, oh, should we do this? I was like, oh, it's going to be a hard time. This, this is going to be a hard time. I mean, you know, we we here at Sunset Flip Radio, we're always trying to come up with, with new episodes and topics. And, you know, as, as sad as this episode is and to hear the true stories about everything that happened, it, it's kind of a refresher of how much Vince McMahon the kind of person that he actually is and how diabolical he yeah. is. If you never knew that before, call it the gift and the curse. Yeah. The gift and the curse. Like, you know, when, when the average wrestling fan thinks of Vince McMahon being this pioneer in television and pioneer in business, you really don't realize that he's ruined dozens, dozens and dozens of people's lives, whether it be through steroids, whether it be through death, whether yeah. it be through cover ups. these poor people that have to live to this day. Um, the family of Nancy Argentino, the family of Owen Hart, the family of every wrestler that's died of steroids. It was all supplied by Vince McMahon. Yeah. <sighs> Eddie, <laughs> Eddie, Eddie Guerrero. Um, right. I've watched Eddie Guerrero since WCW. In the cruiserweights. In the cruiserweights. Fire like, division. Let me if, just, the, if you like, were to watch WCW for any reason, that's really the only reason like, why you should If you be think of the cruiserweights, yeah. I mean, Screw the NWO. Okay, I, I wasn't a fan. But, let, yeah. Let's think about this. You had Eddie Guerrero, Chris Jericho, Dean Malenko. You had Rey Mysterio Jr. You had Dean Psychosis. Malenko. You had La Parca. Psychosis and La You had the Ultimo Dragon. Yes. You had um, Juventud Guerrera. You had all these ridiculous uh Chavo Guerrero no Chavo yeah Chavo Chavo Perry Saturn too Perry Saturn like you had all this great wrestling talent the cruiserweight division is probably the best thing that came out of WCW yeah hands down yep bar none Hogan see here's the thing with the cruiserweights in the NWO the NWO was just a moment. The Cruiserweights was a division yeah. that kind of changed that whole aspect of wrestling. They changed wrestling because they brought the smaller guy to light, yeah. which had always been there. Yeah. But now you see it um, featured more. Yeah. And they would start shows, put them in the middle and, and whatever, and, mm-hmm. and until it got bastardized with like the, was it the LWO, the Latino World Order. The Wolfpack, pack, the LWO, the BWO, right. the, Blue the, Order. <laughs> the Blue Order, the NWO. So many World Orders happened. But um no Eddie Guerrero was different. He he had this charisma that you saw a future world champion. Yeah. And I knew that he was going to go jump shift to WWF because his talents weren't being used correctly enough in WCW. Well, all those guys. Yeah. Yeah. Benoit Malenko, 
Perry Saturn and him. Moving to moving to yeah. Bit. They all they all went. Um, Talk of Mishinoku. <laughs> Rey Mysterio. Rey Mysterio. Right? Yeah, Mysterio. Yeah, Rey yep. Mysterio. Young, very very young Rey Mysterio. Oh yeah. And like it was like every week it was either like Rey Mysterio against Eddie Guerrero, Chris Jericho against Eddie Guerrero, Dean Malenko versus Juventud Guerrero, Ultimo Dragon versus Chris Jericho. All these guys were like just producing crazy yeah. technical, and this is on Nitro. Yep. Like some of the greatest wrestling in WCW happened. Like those were the best wrestlers in WCW because when I think of WCW, I think of one big gimmick. I don't think of wrestling. I do like, too. I think I of do too. I think of. It, I can't put Ric Flair. Sorry for cutting you off. Mm-hmm. I can't put Ric Flair in the conversation of being great wrestlers at the time because Ric Flair's time in WCW was at the latter end of his career when WCW was hitting high the numbers. Right. When you think of technical wrestling, if you're a fan of this podcast and you like wrestling or if you like gimmicks or if you like just personalities, if you do like wrestling, though, which you should if you listen to this, the best wrestling on WCW is hands down the Cruiserweights. Yeah. And I will argue and I will debate that with anybody to this day. Yep. I don't care what anyone says. The NWO was just a stable that was built to rival McMahon. The division of the Cruiserweights changed the wrestling aspect, so you tuned in. And quietly, too. It did. It was little talked about. It was. Yeah. And but it was must-watch if was. you were into it. Yeah, it was yeah. must-watch. And he did spend time in ECW also. Yeah. Like, Paul Heyman brought him in and Benoit in and Jericho in and Rey Mysterio in. And they, they did wrestle for ECW also, doing the same stuff. So, Eddie Guerrero comes to WWE. He's part of the Radicals. Radicals, right? right? And um, and there they are sitting um, front on row. the other side, front row. Yeah, so it's like a, a kind yeah. of an invasion angle, right? This was part of the invasion or pre-invasion yeah. invasion, if that makes yeah. sense, you know? The, the, they before came over, the big invasion. They came over before WCW was bought by the McMahons. And you got that invasion, quote unquote, invasion angle, yeah, which was laughable. So those guys were already there. So those seeds have been planted. They started to slowly make their mark. Um, I do remember when they debuted too. So do I. Yeah, because they were yeah, yeah, yeah. But he was. I think more of his popularity came after the radicals, obviously. Yeah, and as he it, started to get into his singles push. Yes. Yeah. Singles push. Um, when he was with China. Yeah. Uh, when he was with China, uh, that was great programming because... Yeah, that was funny. It was funny. And she was too. a champion. He was a champion. Yep. And they bonded really well with each other. But, they really did. But yeah. the best thing that happened to Guerrero was the brand split at the, the aggression time. He was part of that SmackDown... What, the SmackDown 6? Or whatever? Five. The 5. Yeah. yeah. Paul Heyman he wanted knew. him. He knew He, he knew who he had. Because he's known him. Yeah. yeah. So he made a trade to bring Guerrero. He's like, I want Eddie Guerrero on SmackDown. So you have Eddie Guerrero, you have Kurt Angle, you have Edge, you have um, Brock Lesnar, right? And Chris Benoit. Chris Benoit, and you also the Undertaker. Like no, Chris Benoit wasn't there. He, he was, was in Raw. Raw. Yeah, the yeah. Undertaker. So like Undertaker, yeah. That's Eddie right. Guerrero caught so much popularity. I think faster than. I can think of a wrestler at that time because of yeah. the whole Latino Heat gimmick, his lie cheat steal. He was a phenomenal lie, wrestler. Cheat, steal on your poppy. Yeah, yeah. Came out, came out on that cool Cadillac. Yeah, man. And like that was an entrance. Too, when man. he became champion, 
that was a phenomenal moment because that was one of the things he came out in that Cadillac that that Tommy won the championship, right? Yeah, against uh, No Way Out against Brock Lesnar. Yep, in his hometown, uh, San Antonio. Yes, was it San Antonio? I think it was his hometown. I remember him diving to the crowd though, mm-hmm. and it was a match with Lesnar, and he frog smashed him and he beat him, and like he he was the, he was the champion, but like there was a dark side of him. He uh, right. alcoholic, the ring, right? yeah, of course, alcoholic, steroids, um, pills. drugs, pills. He was actually fired. Yes. By WWF. Yes. So For he's a hot minute too. Fired and he's rehired and he's born again. Yeah. Right. And um, he he has this relationship with Benoit that dates back to the late eighties. To the late eighties when they wrestled in Japan together. Yes. And when I think he was wearing a mask at that time. Yeah. It was like the red something. Yeah. Yeah. And um, the moment that they had together at WrestleMania 20, that was not scripted. No, and you couldn't, you couldn't no. write that. That was pure emotion between two guys yeah. who came up together, who yeah. went through the ups and downs together, and who Made went through Guerrero's together. substance abuse together. And... Benoit was a ten times, a thousand times better person from what I had heard of when Guerrero was still alive. Mm-hmm. So one one kept the other in line. Yeah, and probably the other way around too, but one more so. Yeah, and that and, was Eddie like, kept Benoit in check at this time. With Eddie, he uh, he was he was having a great time with his gimmick of lie, cheating, stealing all the time. He was great for TV. Yeah, and then he dies, and then like he has a heart. He's on the rebound. Yeah, and he dies. In his hotel room. Yeah. Um, and, you know, um, Chavo had told that story because he was there. And he was the one, I believe, found him unresponsive. Yep, in the bathroom. In the bathroom. That was bad. That was next morning he came. To that him, was yeah. That was different because the WWE lost somebody who was at the top of their performance. Oh, Could you imagine if he was Can you imagine around? if he was around? Oh, my God. Him and Randy Orton. Him and the legend killer. I would just gimmick. love to see him. Hopefully, he would still be in good health. Him and just Sasha. Oh yeah. Just do a quick something. Yeah, and the, and there's so many wrestlers that pay tribute to him. Yeah. There's so she, many wrestlers yeah. like like he he is one of the guys who's who's use guys. Use, what was the <laughs> use guys use Donna bodies. <laughs> Donna Donna bodies. <laughs> <laughs> You're like uh, the body donors. I'm like, oh, but yeah. no, the Donna bodies. Use <laughs> guys. The hey, use guys. Do- um, Donna bodies for Dorchester. <laughs> no, uh, Ray Mysterio. <laughs> um, Eddie Guerrero is probably one of the biggest influences on a lot of wrestlers today. Right. If you look at Ray. Sasha, if you look at Ray Mysterio, you, <laughs> you look Dominic. at Andrade, <laughs> Dominic, Dominic. <laughs> Um, Custody of Dominic, Dominic Yeah. Umberto Carrillo. The list goes on and on. But his timely death also... Untimely. Untimely death, sorry. Um, now, this is real. He really had a heart attack. Um, and his uh, untimely death um, kind of leads us into what is known as the darkest Period. shadow of all them. Yeah. Uh, the Chris Benoit story. So, <laughs> oh, I see your face. That's where, a where, face where, where do, where do we begin? 
Let's begin. Well, let's begin at where we left off with Eddie. Uh, uh, yeah, I would say. Well, leading up, leading up before Eddie Guerrero's passing was a lot of moments that that we heard about how Benoit was always on the road with Guerrero. They were always riding buddies and doing this and right. doing that. They're best of friends. The families are going on vacation together. All the mm-hmm. stuff. And when he passes away, Benoit just like he's over. I mean, obviously he's very emotional, but it was like. Over the top. Over the top. Like, yeah. I mean, sleep. listen, we get emotional when we lose loved ones, too. Yeah. Um, but I think this hit on a different level. And everybody takes things differently, too. So yes. we always have to keep that in mind. Yes. You know, everybody's um, affected differently. Like, he was sleeping on in Eddie's bed with his pillow, yeah. hugging it and crying yeah. it. So, I mean, there was a brotherhood yeah. angle there. Um, obviously, when you've known a guy for as long as they've known each other and they've been through so much together. Yeah, and they did that tribute for Eddie, too, and he was crying while he yeah, was doing it. Yeah, he was crying He didn't want to do it, but he did it. Yeah, and yeah. he was there at the Hall of Fame speech, too, because he got that the next year. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, Benoit's wrestling another couple years after he... Uh, after he Eddie passes. Eddie passes, and I think it's about two years or so. And um, there's news from WWE that Chris Benoit died. Um, no one knew what really happened. So he was supposed to be in Houston or something yeah, for pay per view, but he didn't make he the call sent, time or whatever. And yeah, he sent a text message to his neighbor on that Friday. On that Friday, and said the dogs are in the backyard. Everything's okay. And then he texted Chavo something, and he texted a couple guys, and then they actually had to get a, the cops to come and check out the house. Well, he was supposed to, I think Chavo or somebody wanted him to go with him somewhere, go on the road, and, and just travel to the next city, yeah. or wherever they were supposed to be for the pay-per-view. And he was like, no, I got to get home. Um, his wife, I think, Nancy, Nancy, right? yeah. And his son was sick, he said. They had, like, food poisoning or something, so I get it, get home. Well... Long story short, little did we know, they had already been dead. Yeah. So they were dead for about two days. Two days, along with himself. Um, well, so, I think he, he, he did that a little after. But, yeah, yeah, almost, you know, by the time he was found, it probably ended up being two full days for himself and maybe about two and a half, three days for his yeah. family. So I, I believe they found him on a Sunday. No, Monday. It was a Monday because they canceled Monday Night Raw and they made a tribute show for him. Yes. And the next day, everything came out. Yeah. So Monday afternoon... Or Monday, yeah, Monday morning, Monday afternoon. Um, WWE releases that he died, and there's no other information except that. Right. So they didn't know the. Full they didn't know story. anything. So so they run this show on and Raw. And I'm sure that McMahon was trying to call and do whatever yeah. McMahon stuff he could do. Yeah. So the way Raw started that week, and actually the way it ended the week before, was the death of Mr. McMahon. Remember his limousine blown up? And yes, and they never completed that angle. They never completed that angle. And um, wow, yeah, the limousine. Holy shit! Yeah. Damn. And then the next week, he's standing in the middle of the ring, and he comes out and says, "Today was supposed to be the storyline of Mr. McMahon's demise, but uh, we lost one of our wrestlers, Chris Benoit, and uh, they're going to dedicate the show to him." Which not was, knowing what they not will know, know which was later. rightfully so, because I mean they didn't do they didn't know anything. So you you dedicate the show to to him, and yeah. I didn't watch that raw. I know there were snippets and clips you of can, his matches. You can find it. I, I'm yeah. wondering if they ever uh, 
did interviews. They probably did with the wrestlers, right? Interviews for uh, like they did with Eddie. What? Yeah, and Owen. Uh, yeah, they did do that. Yeah, they played it because um somebody was on it. Ochavo said stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah, they said in the show, and he said whatever, and then he comes to find out that now Chavo's made a fool after all the other information yeah. comes out, and then that's where they went and well, they did what they did after that. So it's Tuesday, and there's news that come out that he ended up killing his wife and killing their son. Yeah. One of their sons. One of their sons. The other son was at his mother's. Yeah, his mother's. Um, I think yeah. it was the grandmother's house or something like that. I think it was at his mom's. Oh, or, yeah. or somebody's house. Somebody's yeah, house. One, Some one of family. the other family member's house. Yeah. But we we start to learn David. a lot of... Is yeah. David? We start to learn a lot of eerie moments from that. Yeah. The fact that he gave his kid something... Right, he gave his kid some sort of a sedative. A sedative, and I think he—I don't think he gave it to Nancy. He gave the kid a sedative. I know that. And he like. And then I think. Him. Yeah, he. Uh, I think he put him in the crippler crossface. Not well. I think he smothered him with the pillow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I think Sorry. he did. No, I really think he did. I thought he did. I thought he put him in his hole and strangled him. Oh, Jesus Christ! That's even worse, dude. <laughs> Let's just go with he strangled yeah. him with the pillow because um, I can't imagine. I mean, Nancy, oh. I, know, I know he um, strangled her. Yeah. And then uh, he hung himself on a tricep pull-down machine. Yeah. But there was like there was a knife under his son's bed. And a Bible. There were Bibles open on a certain page, folded at each, at each of them's feet. And he hung himself. Yeah. And, uh, and he wanted to make it look like murder, but there was no blood. Yeah. So, I mean, it was just whole. It was just a, it was a suicide murder. And it really rocked the world of wrestling and the and the world of McMahon because once they find once they find out oh, something finally rocked this guy's yeah life, huh? after after the hour and a half we've been talking about this and we re, we finally realize that he's actually his back's up against the wall now mm-hmm. because it comes out that he did commit suicide and killed his family. So the whole night before. You have to erase from memory of not just you, but every fan in the world. And you come out on sci-fi and ECW that night, which you never did. Yeah. And they they filmed they filmed the show. But before the show, he comes out and says, due to the events that we found out now about Chris Benoit, his name will never be mentioned again in programming. Right. And wasn't that true? So... As much as Vince McMahon is a scumbag, for him to say that was the right thing to do. Yeah, but it, he learned how long after, you know, with all the other things that have happened. Yeah, well, I don't think he found out about the details until the next day. No, no, no. I believe that. Yeah. I believe that wholeheartedly. But I'm saying, you know, he finally did the right thing after how many countless people died. Or, oh, yeah. Or whatever. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, come on, man. It, it, it took you. It took, it took Nancy Argentino dying. It took Owen Hart. It took all these guys and women dying. Right. And to other realize. wrestlers in the past. Let's yeah. let's not forget about the others okay. who were predeceased. You know. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I can I can rattle names oh, off I know right you now. Can, yeah. Big Boss Man, Rick Rude, Mister Perfect. The majority of those people behind you yeah. are dead. By the way, on that poster, yeah. everybody on uh, our wall over here. Yeah. Um, you know, with the exception of a uh, select few. Yeah. I mean, they're like dead. But. And now what he has to do is now this is. 
this is mainstream CNN, Fox News, yeah. ABC News. You're having Jericho and Bret Hart talking to Larry King Live, which yes. is a syndicated show on CNN. Yeah. You're having and John McMahon's Cena, on. McMahon's on McMahon's on the Today Show on Wednesday, the day after he finds out everything. Yeah. And he tells them, you know, we do nothing about the steroids. We now before we talk about that. In his system, there was anabolic steroids. Mm-hmm. There was painkillers. Yeah. Alcohol. Yep. I don't think any coke. He no. he was never into that. I know I that think, he, I was, think it was, yeah. he was. It was pills. It was steroids, and it was alcohol. Yeah. And I mean, apparently, he's a five foot nothing guy who who looked well, jacked. Yeah. I mean, I mean apparently, apparently his brain looked like a crater because yeah. of, because of all the moves so, that he did. So you know, let's dive into that. So we're yeah. He he did the flying headbutt. And years prior to that, um, you know, I've talked about it earlier, uh, Died My Kid, that was his move. Yeah. And he regrets doing that. I mean, uh, he's not with us anymore either. So, um, But that all led to CTE. So Chris Benoit is one of the first. This is when CTE is coming into the national spotlight. That it, it's something. And go figure, it's wrestling to bring that into. And the guy that came up to the national spotlight was the guy, uh, the Harvard guy, Chris. Um, he was on Tough Enough. He lost, though. But. Yep. He used to wrestle. Yeah. Yep. Because he looked into it. Yeah. He was the one who got the brain, who did the research, he did all that. Yeah. yeah. And so it looked like, yeah, it looked like Swiss cheese. Yeah. With holes in his brain and everything. So now Vince McMahon is sitting across from Al Roker and Katie Couric on NBC Today and just talking about basically explaining that he knew nothing about it, which is right. kind of true because, and then they hit him with the question of, well, do you wrestlers get tested? And then he's like, well, we do have a wellness program. Right. You never heard of it until then. Yeah. Did you hear about the wellness program in 1989 when you're feeding, when you're feeding these wrestlers steroids? Nope. No. It, it It's sad that you have to put something into play with something that happens. I mean, that happens with a lot of things. Sometimes you just can't account it's, for it, stuff. It's, it's like stealing liquor from your parents' cabin when you're a young kid. You take a little bit out at a time. You take a little bit out at right. a time. So and then you get know. caught. Yeah. Or you and you try to fill the, you try to fill it up with water or whatever, and he got caught. Yeah. He got caught, and for him to go on national TV and say that he had to do what he had to do, and he knows that. Yeah. But what comes out of this now is a whole new wellness policy, mm-hmm. which they still use because they have sus- suspended wrestlers like Randy Orton, Roman Reigns, um, Samoa Joe, Bobby Roode, like they have suspended wrestlers due to a wellness policy, yeah. and. They had to change their entire programming. They went from TV fourteen to TV PJ. Just wow! Like not that. even not even thirteen. Not you, know, mm. you. You went down two levels. You you had to. Yeah. The the Chris Benoit tragedy lives in wrestling lore as being the worst event ever to happen outside of a ring. Yeah. Hands down. Yeah. And because it offsets so many things. For I, and years I, I know the thing with Nancy Argentina was very sad. And don't get me wrong, that that is there too. But this just gains so much traction in the public eye right. that it completely changed everyone's perspective on it's the also, sport of professional also, wrestling. Yeah, it's also a different time period than it was back then. There's more media. There's more ways to to take in news and information. Yeah that you have to spearhead things and you have to get to the front of things before things break and you have to go on the defensive. Absolutely. So we live in, let's say, an offensive society. Okay. You know what I mean? You can't sit back and let things happen. So we are in a proactive as opposed to a reactive society now. 
because there's so many ways that things can come out. And we see this every day. Look at TMZ and stuff like that. Yeah. You're like, TMZ is the number one show at like six o'clock. Yeah. It's basically paparazzi shots of Katy Perry and, you know, Kylie Jenner getting out of their car. Right. You know what I mean? Um, they broke the Kobe Bryant. Yeah. Um, it was TMZ that first did it. Yeah. Like, not Sports Center, not ESPN, not CNN. Oh. TMZ. TMZ. Like, what? what? Yeah. Where are they? are everywhere. Yeah. You know? If it, if it, it ain't news if they don't cover it. No. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, you know, and, and we're in a different time period for all this to happen. Yeah. And nothing's going to go under the rug anymore. You said it best. It, it Nothing can go under the rug because of what that tragedy, of how it exploded into the public eye. Yeah. This is just changing everyone's this opinion. This is more than one sport. television show. No. This is several shows. This is that, several shows, yeah. Uh, that they have to go on to defend. There's, and then everything from that, a lot of the stuff that we have today, I believe, stems from that incident. CTE, all this stuff, yep. you know, all this stuff is now coming to light. Concussion protocols, correct. Stuff. But this truly changed everyone's perspective of professional wrestling. Yeah. Everybody thought that it was scripted stuff that they did to hit the extreme of statistics and the, you know, the hit the dem, the demos and all that stuff. But now this is like, this is real. This is real. Like this is real. The side effects of professional wrestling made a guy kill himself, his wife, yeah. and his kid. Yeah. This is real stuff. Yep. Like this isn't no playtime right. stuff anymore. And and let, needless to say, this didn't happen over a year. No, you know this is from late eighties yeah. till now. Yeah, but now I think living that lifestyle is not easy. I and think there's the, countless yeah. people who, who will tell you that. Yeah, the the Benoit tragedy was like the the cherry on top of an ice cream sundae. It it put you over the edge. And it's so crazy to talk about somebody who's been erased from television that you know if you watched it live and growing up through that you're like how do you erase somebody yeah and you've seen it with your own two eyes yeah and you don't want me to whatever and listen i can go find it yeah i can and that's fine and, i can and they're like can, listen if yeah. you can find it that's fine that's on you but however we're never going to mention that or tell you that yeah but then when you live it like ourselves it's like this is so weird talking about it because it's like dude this fucking just happened it seems like yesterday a lot it of happened this stuff. in 2008 and seven yeah and it's just yeah. so real. It's so new, and it, it's just, it's just life changing. Thirteen years ago, and they and they still are in the same programming because of what that did to wrestling. Yeah, they had to change their their gimmicks. They, they had, had to change. change it. I think promos. they knew, and then they also. I mean, let's not forget that eventually this would become a publicly traded company too. So that was in the mist. That was in the wind. Like that was there in the background. Mm-hmm. All this other stuff brought it to light and brought it even uh, faster than yeah. we thought we would see it. Because, you know, you could go and you watch that product and you watch a product from a year exactly before that till after that and six months after that. It's like watching two different shows. It is because they they flipped the switch real quick and they did what they had to do to get the attention of that tragedy erased from people's memory when even when if you, you have really to go in, it's called damage control yeah you yeah. have to go in damage control yeah. if you ask any wrestling fan out there i don't yeah. care who it is and you ask them when they watch wrestling now uh, you know i watched wrestling you know stone cold and the rock okay yeah what was the worst thing that ever happened in wrestling oh when chris benoit killed his family you know when owen hart fell from the ceiling when how eddie Guerrero just tragically passed like, you know, I mean, I don't think a lot of people know about Jimmy Snuka. Mm-hmm. That was back in 83. But, like, all these moments that we explained. Our parents, you know, like, like nobody today. Yeah. Like all, all, all these moments that we that we talked about, 
are truly the darkest moments in wrestling history. Yeah, man. Yeah. So, the only person, after hearing this podcast, that you should really take in consideration as being the catalyst for all this is hands down Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what he did... He's I, the cog at I, the center of the world. I have two sides know? of this. I appreciate what he did for the company because as being a lifelong wrestling fan. Right. I watched his product since I was four years old. And still do. And still do. You know what I mean? I, 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 am, I am a 34-year-old man. Alex is what? You're, I'm 32. You're 32. Fucking handsome. Yeah. Man. We're both in our early 30s, and we watch professional wrestling that's garnered towards younger kids. But there's fans out there that are older than us. That right. are as, as I'm recording, I have a rock shirt on. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of the shirts that I own right now are all like wrestling-related. Yeah. Shirts, There's so fans we'll out there that are older than us, that are younger than us, that really appreciate the business of wrestling, and that's something that Vince McMahon did. But in my opinion, it, it it just it's it hurts me to say that Vince McMahon has put a dark spot in my wrestling uh, watching career because he has with all this stuff that we just talked about. There's been so much good and so much bad. Yeah, like it's just uh, it's the shittiest perfect blend. Yeah. of everything. Do I appreciate him as a person? I appreciate him as a businessman. What he did for wrestling, because he truly changed it. I have zero respect for him as a person. I do. I mm, don't. Mm. I do not. I have, I have zero respect for him as a person. Can't fault you. Can't, can't I, say I, you're I can't, wrong. Yeah, I really can't. And um, after listening to this podcast, um, I really hope that everybody got a perspective of the the dark side or the 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 moments the shadows of professional wrestling that a lot of people don't really know yeah and do your due diligence and google it and and listen we we didn't touch on everything because yeah. there's so many other things and and there's a lot of stuff that didn't happen I mean, inside we, yeah. of the WWE I mean, like, ring yeah like either. like okay the Bruiser fact Brody, that they, you know yeah. like there's other Bruiser people. Brody the fact that they changed their name from the WWF to WWE that was oh, that was God. a big thing that was controversy all day yeah um just so many other moments um people getting hurt in the ring and there's no health insurance like that stuff we really oh, didn't that's talk a, about that's a whole yeah that's a whole other episode oh, that's fucked up considering yeah. them as freelance employees you know what i yeah. mean like eh, don't get me started yeah on that's that. bad don't get me started but, um, on that. it's too late right yeah, now to but, start that but listen we we really appreciate listening to this podcast because this is kind of the opposite of the kind of the of the mentality that we've been given so far in the first 16 episodes we we want you to listen to this podcast because you truly care about the sport of professional wrestling and you want to hear two schmucks talk about it right. Donna bodies talk about it <laughs> joey schmutz <laughs> joey schmutz and nick papa georgia but no this whole podcast for you is to get away from anything that's going on wrong in your life and you want to hear us talk about wrestling and just to garner your knowledge more about the sport that we both love you're right right so on that note you can always follow us on podbean Follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Like us. Follow us. Check us out always. Yeah. Listen to Give us. Give us a five-star review. Give us a five-star. We want to keep going. We're hitting we up there on the rankings. We, we appreciate you liking our posts. We appreciate you everything that you do. Leave comments. Tell your friends about us. Sons of the Radio. Right. Tell on, your mom. On Podbean <laughs> and Apple Podcasts. And as always, have a great rest of the week and enjoy your wrestling. Take care. You're...